Welcome to the ICTA podcast, where we think together about unity and solidarity, or ICTA, on campus. In the ICTA podcast, we take time out to listen to students as they share their stories about what has made them feel powerful and powerless in their university journeys, and to hear their thoughts on practical steps that we can take to create more inclusive spaces at UFE. Let's learn differently together. ICTA. So welcome everyone to the ECTA podcast. My name is Victoria Surtees and I'm your host and UFE's internationalization specialist. Uh, We're here to talk today, as we always do, um, about creating unity by understanding different learning experiences here at UFE. So I'm super grateful to be here at Civil Radio at UFE, which is located on the traditional territories of the Stalo people. And I'm here today with Angela Chubak, an international student from Japan who's taking undergraduate courses in all sorts of areas, arts, criminology, communications, sociology, among lots of other things. So, Yokoso, welcome, Angela. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Great. So today with Angela, we're going to be talking about how Angela's incredible singing voice actually helped her to come here to UFE um, to attend. Uh, from her university in Japan about why she prefers classes where she can share her own story and about the importance of giving students time to think, to think about their ideas before they have to present them. So we're also going to be providing um, some ideas for creating courses that work for students with different backgrounds and languages. And of course, as always, if you're looking to go just that little bit deeper than we have time for in our podcast, do check out the description below the podcast for summary and some helpful resources. Are you ready, Angela San? Yes, I'm ready. <laughs> All right. It's been great to chat with you uh, the last yeah. few weeks. So maybe you can just start by telling us a little bit about you. Okay. Um, hello again, everyone. Um, I'm so grateful to be here. My name is Angela Chubak, and I'm from Japan, Tokyo, Japan. And actually, my father is Canadian, but this is my very first time coming to Canada, so I'm so excited. So back in Japan, I go to Jisen Women's University, and I'm studying English literature. And so what was your, um, what was your goal in coming here to Canada? Um, even though I speak English at home, my English is not perfect, so I wanted to improve my English. And I knew like, I could learn so many other things when I, if I live in another country. Like, why not? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it may interest you to know that actually about half of uh, Japanese students that come to study in Canada, their primary goal is English learning. Mm-hmm. Uh, and many, many, many of them come um, on short-term programs or as exchange students. And that's actually um, quite different than many students from other um, countries here in mm-hmm. Canada. So international students from Japan are disproportionately coming um, as short-term stays. Yeah. Students. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, so that's that's your case, mm-hmm. right? Um, but of course, you had planned to come and study as part of an exchange, but COVID changed all of that. Can yeah. you tell us a little bit about what happened? Yeah. So, yeah. So I wanted to go study abroad, but I knew it's going to be so expensive. So it was just a small dream deep inside of me, but. 
when I entered university, I met a professor who was in charge of the exchange program, like everything. And we were talking about our backgrounds, and he was German American. So he understood, like, I'm half Canadian. So he told me, like, why don't you go to Canada? There's like a exchange program here so you should try so I was like okay I'll, I'll do it and I mean becoming an exchange student I have to do a lot of tests and have good grades and write a lot of essays and stuff so it was hard but I put so much effort on it and finally I got the scholarship but the COVID happened and the whole program was cancelled so the school said, like, maybe you should try again next year, but there is no guarantee that I could go again next year. I did it all over again next year, and again, I was chosen. And this year, everything went flawlessly. I finished the registration, paid the fees for the dorm and everything. And I also got the email from UFV said, welcome to UFV. Now you're ready to spend time at UFV. So I was, oh, this year I could go. And one month before my flight, mm -hmm. the Japanese university, my Japanese university said, oh, it's, it's going to be canceled. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, I couldn't believe it. Like, because of the COVID restrictions. But, you know, I was so excited. So was my family. So, yeah, my mom said, like, you should go and don't worry about the money. Like, this money is for your future. Yeah, I also used the money, all of my money. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, yeah, that's why I'm here. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So if I understand, that means that the courses that you're taking in this year that you've sacrificed so much for mm -hmm. um, don't actually count towards your degree in Japan. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. I understand that in order to come, that you actually also did something else pretty amazing to help pay for your tuition. Can you tell oh, us about yeah. that? So I was on a TV show, which is about a mature singers sing a song through the karaoke machine mm -hmm. it was a live show and if the singers get 100 points on the on the machine we will get 1 million yen which is ten thousand dollars wow yeah so i won <laughs> wow congratulations and I, yeah and i got ten thousand dollars so i kept that like i i was quite rich at that time mm -hmm. but my mom told me like you should keep that money for if something happens mm -hmm. so oh, okay like mom is always right so <laughs> <laughs> I kept it and it did happen but that's why I now I'm, I'm here wow what are some of the differences that you've noticed between UFV and um, your university experience in Japan? Because oh. unlike many students, you actually have some university experience in your own home country, mm -hmm. um, whereas lots of our students, of course, come for their very first university experience here. Yeah. So you have a great um, point of comparison. So right. tell us a little bit about that. I think the biggest difference from Japanese schooling system is the way people think about 
university.、Mm. So in Japan, it's quite easy to graduate. So that means like classes, the courses are not that hard, and it's easy to get the credits. We just have to be on time, and that's the biggest thing in Japan. Like. Just be on time. Like、mm. if we get one minute late, that's you get the penalty type of thing. So be on time. Like sit quiet and submit all the assignments on time, and like you're you're good to go. Like wow,、um, <laughs> so be be on time and sit quiet. Yeah. So <laughs> I bet here at Yuffy they didn't want you to sit quiet. Can you talk about that a little bit? Oh、uh, yeah. So. In Japan, there's, they are like discussions and the timing that we could speak up, but basically we just listen to the professor talking. But here, I had so many chances that I have to tell my thoughts or opinions and stuff, and everyone was like raising their hands. Oh, I want to say this. I want to say that. Like. And how did you feel the first time that that happened, and you saw that you were going to have to speak so much in、oh, the class?、Yeah. How did that make you feel?、Um, so I'm, I'm not hundred percent confident about、um, speaking English in class. So I sat in the, the back row and try not to make an eye contact with the professor or other students. Like I pretend like I'm not there, and <laughs> because. Then I don't have to speak English, like don't have to make mistakes or anything. Yeah, I but I like to speak up in class, but I can't do that here. <laughs>、mm-hmm. Right. So you told me that in Japan, you're the one that's sitting in the front row,、mm-hmm. eager and ready to participate <laughs> yeah, and excited、exactly. and engaged. Yeah. Wow. It's very interesting. So Angela, one of the differences that you mentioned to me、um, when we were having our conversations is that you found the dress, the people, the way people dress here, to be so different、um, mm-hmm. than the way they dress for university in Japan. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So, for Japanese people, like we really care about our appearance. It's normal to dress up. Like, what would you normally wear to school? I wear high heels and like mini skirts. Like everybody's like that. So, but here everybody's wearing really casually. I could tell like they're here just to study. But I want to wear high heels and <laughs> wear fancy, colorful clothes here. But it's it. I feel awkward when I wear that. So. Well, that's so interesting because we'd like to think that our casual、um, way of dressing is actually more inclusive. But here you are telling me that actually you feel like you can't wear the, you know, the the dressed up things that、yeah. you usually wear、mm-hmm. and that you're used to wearing because you feel out of place. So that's an interesting perspective. Yeah. And I remember you mentioned that there were some rules around what you could and couldn't wear. Yeah. So even though Japan is. Really developed country, the way of thinking is really old. So, for example, at school, like middle school and high school, we have to have black hair, like exact same uniform, same length of socks, same color bags. We can't have like identities, like no diversity. Yeah. So the. Color of hair is really a big part in Japan, I guess. I have 
brighter hair color than other Japanese students because I'm half Canadian. So when I entered high school, one of the teachers came up to me and, What's wrong with your hair? Like, you should dye your hair in black. Like, what is wrong? It's my normal hair color. But we're not、um, allowed to dye our hair, but they told me to dye my hair to black. It doesn't make any sense. And actually, there's like a Yeah, there's a certificate to prove that this is the natural hair color. And like we put the picture of ourselves when we were little and see this, the hair color is the same. We have to prove that. And luckily, I didn't have to do that. And yeah, that was a big problem in, in my school. So I think that's a weird culture. Yeah, that's very interesting. So, in our, in our conversations, you, you shared with me that that first semester for you here was, was quite difficult.、Mm-hmm. Right? You said you were very homesick. Yeah. Yeah. And that the courses didn't really, didn't really match、um, your needs. Yeah. But that this semester is better. So, maybe I, I'm hoping you can share a little bit about why, what, what, what changed? What's the difference between the first semester and the second semester for you? Okay. Um, so, for the first semester, there was a recommendation from my Japanese university like, that the exchange students should take these courses as an English learner. It wasn't actually my choice. The courses I was taking were like essay writings and like basic English learning. So I was like, oh, I did this in Japan. Like, I went to the English course in high school and I'm studying English at university, right? So it wasn't that I thought I'm not learning enough. So for the next semester, I wanted to challenge myself. So I knew it's going to be so hard, but I also knew I needed that. Like, I need to. Put myself in those uncomfortable、um, f e e l i n g So, for this semester, the courses I took were、um, something that I could speak up more.、Um, that, for example, I could share my culture and I also took public speaking. That's literally about speaking. So, yeah. Okay, that's amazing. So, there's one thing that I ask all the time to all of my, my, my guests,、mm-hmm. and that is tell us one time that you felt powerless and one time that you felt powerful.、Okay. So, I will start with when I feel powerless. So, I think the time I feel powerless the most is when I'm in class. When I speak English, like not in daily conversations, but in class or in public, I always have to have a note and like a memo and like put together like what to talk. And sometimes I have to look up the words or phrases and I have to be prepared. But in that class, The professor suddenly asks me, What do you think, Angela? Or give me your opinion. Or 
Yeah, something like that. So I have no time to prepare. So I feel so powerless at that time. Like I, oh, I can't speak. What if I make a mistake? Or, oh, I can't come up with anything type of thing. So in that moment, like how do you... How does it how does it feel? What do you do in that moment? Do you oh, panic a little bit? Or? Yeah, I do. It's, it's terrible. <laughs> yeah, I feel um, literally powerless. And so to avoid that, I try not to make eye contact with professors. And yeah like show that oh I don't want to speak I don't want to speak type of thing but if I got chosen like I have to do it but I don't know I almost give up maybe Mm -hmm. um I try hard but I do get panic and I I don't know I don't think I'm telling everything that I want yeah, I've had that experience totally oh, where, really? you know, you someone calls on you and everything you had in your mind yeah. just goes away Yeah, um, because of that fear, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and I, I think that's so important to remember the time that, that people need to think about and prepare, yeah. um, prepare their answers and... And I mean, you're very clearly someone who likes to engage and <laughs> likes to participate and has a lot to say. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like to speak up and tell my thoughts. And especially in class, I like to be that, like a leader type of thing. Like, what do you think? Oh, I'm going to, okay, I'm going to organize everything and tell the class. I'm that kind of person. And, you know, I don't look 100% Japanese because I'm half Canadian. And so everybody thinks I'm a native speaker. And that's, you know, partially true. Like, I do speak a little bit back in home. So I'm not a, like, beginner, beginner. So everybody expects like I could speak talk a lot but that's it's not like that so I don't like to recognize that gap oh everybody's thinking that I'm a good English speaker but I'm not how do people think yeah so that's the thing I feel powerless like more and more yeah and I I really I think that's so interesting because, you know, we have a lot of people in Canada who have different heritage languages. So mm-hmm. your heritage language, in fact, is English, yeah. right? Your father speaks English. Um, and so you learned the sounds of English very young, yeah. right? And we can hear that mm-hmm. in your accent and the way that you speak. Yeah. Um, and I think that many people here may have that, yeah. um, but like you, may only have partial competence mm-hmm. in their heritage oh. language, even yeah. though they have the accent, um, right, that goes with um, learning it at a young age. And, yeah. and I think like you, maybe they also have experienced some confusion from people about how to understand and locate mm-hmm. those people. Yeah, um, right. 
So thank you for sharing that <laughs> that story with us. I oh, think yeah. it really brings that home. Mm-hmm. So now I'm really excited to hear about when you feel powerful. Okay. Tell me, tell me when you feel powerful. <laughs> so um, basically, I think I feel powerless most of my time here because I'm a visitor and I'm just here for a short term. But the one moment I feel powerful is when I'm singing. So I'm uh, in a private time in Japan. I'm a singer. I usually sing for commercials and like movie songs. And I do sometimes get on a stage and sing like a small concerts or like a bar type of thing. So I'm quite confident about singing in front of people. And I had a couple times that I could sing in front of people here. So at that time, even though I'm a quiet person <laughs> in class, I could sing anything in front of people. I'm, I love to do that. So when I sing, some people came up to me and, oh, I love your voice. Or some people had tears on their eyes and that's I love to see that. And Okay, well then, yeah. we're going to have to ask you, if you're so confident, <laughs> would you mind sharing a little bit with us today? Okay. Yes, will you sing for us? Um, I'm going to sing um, Hero by Mariah Carey. <gasps> Amazing. And then a hero comes along With a strength to carry on And you cast your fears aside And you know you can survive So when you feel like hope is gone Look inside you and be strong And you finally see the truth That a hero lies in you Wow, I feel so privileged to have heard (laughs) that. I actually, I do have like some little tears in my eyes right now. It's so lovely and so lovely that you would share your gift with us um, today. Yeah. We've arrived at the part of our show where we discuss um, some things that faculty and staff could do to create, you know, a more welcoming and engaging space for students with all different backgrounds. And you've talked a lot about English and about the stress um, of not always knowing what or how to say things. Um, So I'm wondering, do you have any advice for faculty or staff of things that they could do um, to make sure that you feel able to communicate in Mm -hmm. the classroom. Okay. So when I speak English, I always need my dictionary with me, especially with my phone. But one time, like last semester, in one course, we weren't able to use our phones while the class. So... I, I understand that system, but for me, then I can't communicate. I could, but it's, I have to use the vocabulary, vocabulary I, I have. So I think it's better not to have that rule. And also for English learners like me, um, we need time to prepare what to say so just not just 
point someone and speak like right away like it's better to have a time that we could think of and organize our thoughts it makes us feel better feel confident comfortable to speak in class and that's I think that you know you're not alone it's actually not only English speakers that are second language English speakers that need that space Um, I think there are many people that need a little bit of time to think about their ideas or prefer to organize their ideas ahead of time Mm -hmm. Um, so you know instructors can certainly provide a minute um, when they ask a question a minute of time to brainstorm or write or even to chat to a neighbor right Um, about the idea first and and that can often make a really big difference yeah Great. I I so appreciate you coming <laughs> to you. share your ideas and your thoughts and your story and your song. Oh, yeah. Your thoughts. <laughs> Thank you. And I know that you're leaving very soon, leaving mm-hmm. us at UFE to go home. Yeah, so, next week. Yeah. yeah so I packing know. up all of your stuff at um, at the the residence, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, Lalem mm-hmm. Baker. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, heading back, so we wish you all the best with your journey. Thank you. And um, until next time, thank you, everyone who listened to the podcast. If you have any questions um, or ideas for an episode, please feel free to contact me. My name is Victoria Surtees. I'm the internationalization specialist here at UFE. And you can contact me at my email address, victoria.surtees, that's S-U-R-T-E-E-S at ufv.ca. So thank you for joining us for this episode of ECTA. We'll see you next time. ECTA is hosted by UFE's Teaching and Learning Centre and sponsored by UFE International. Music by Saint Soldier. No matter how long it takes us, no matter how much this world breaks us, may we live here in peace, live here as one from Bolivia to Greece, from India to Canada and everywhere between. Namaste to everyone I see. Namaste, I recognise that it's one. Namaste and the suffering is done. Namaste. 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 Namaste.